The Secret Service says preliminary blood tests show the pilot who was killed when he crashed his plane onto the White House grounds early yesterday morning had been drinking and that there were traces of cocaine in his body. This was uh, an individual who was uh, perhaps uh, mentally disturbed. It was tracked. They know that from going back, but nobody was watching the, the radar. And obviously that needs to be corrected. We take this incident seriously because the White House is the people's house. And it's the job of every president who lives here to keep it safe and secure. This is It Happened One Year, a look back at the events big and small, famed and forgotten from... Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Here we are. Here we are. We're talking about it again. 1994. There's just so much to cover. We've discovered there's a lot in 1994. Also, there's a lot that we're not sure is interesting, but we're going to try. I don't know that our goal is for everything to be interesting. Fair, fair enough. I mean, it's kind good of to obvious. Set goals, and that is a low bar. Yeah. I mean, I think we can maybe try to present it in an interesting way, but I think some of these facts just straight aren't interesting. <laughs> I think that's that's probably true. I'm trying to think of a good example of things we've covered already that clearly weren't all that interesting. Is it come back to Harry Connick and Jill Goodacre? Every time we mention that, it's just like people fall asleep. We, we did talk probably too much about that. You also had like a lot of interesting facts about boxing in that in that episode. In the, the Michael Moore episode. Michael Moore, Michael Moore, Michael Morris episode. Harry but, Connick and Jill Goodacre were not in the boxing episode. No, I think they were in the love episode. Back when talking about love. <laughs> But I do think like you had 60% of your boxing facts were interesting. And then there was like 40% where I just wasn't listening, honestly. You know, you should have a little more respect when you talk about Ray Mercer and Axel Schultz. Don't know who those people are. But today's episode is one I was, I'm very excited about. Me too. Yeah. I think this is one was in the original list of things from 94 we really want to cover. Yeah. We never came up with, I think, a real great definitive title for this episode. I don't know that we need like real titles for a lot of them. I think the Al Cowlings episode literally is just my name is AC. Like there's nothing much there, but we have some fun titles for certain things. Your focus on threesies. But I think today's episode, what I had listed on the chart that we were following the whole time was six Semper Bubba. Ooh, interesting. That was the one I had all along, but is it too cheeky talking about presidential assassinations? Should we more gravity? I think more gravity. What I was going to go with was mass assassination. Because there were so many of them. No? <laughs> I, yeah. Maybe we, should, maybe we should tell everyone what we're going to talk about and then come up with names. So what are we going to talk about? We are going to talk about... Well, this started from the fact that we didn't know that there were like four-ish attempts on Bill Clinton's life in 1994 alone. No one talks about it. I had not heard of any of these. Now, I, I was 11, but I don't remember any of this and I don't remember it coming up later. Like, none of this was familiar to me. Yeah. I was shocked when I found out. And I would say that we probably focus more on presidential history and trivia than your average person. Mm -hmm. I think one just nice background thing for everybody here, if you for some reason are listening to this and you don't know us, is that we go to presidential graves and presidential museums and we have this project that we've been working on for the last 10 years where we're going to try to visit all of these places. And so we've brushed up against a lot of presidential trivia and these sort of things over the years. And yet... I had no idea that there were all of these attempted assassinations of Clinton, thus leading me to six Semper Bubba. 
Which, okay, not going to lie. I don't get that joke. Clinton's nickname at times was Bubba. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. But the problem is I remember that from when I was a kid. I don't know if that has carried on through the ages. Did like your family just call him Bubba? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> was that Roscoe? Did Roscoe just do that? I don't know. He always said he was like a car salesman, but I don't remember him specifically calling him Bubba. But I feel like people called Clinton Bubba. Is that that's you know that's not familiar to you at all? I've never heard of that. Ooh. <laughs> It might be six Semper and just empty brackets. <laughs> that's the name of the episode. Yeah. I mean, Slick Willie. That's the only thing I ever knew. Yeah. Right? Slick Willie, I guess, is knows. the other one. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was cute. It might not be. It's cute. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So I would like to go back and correct one fact, though, which is we have been actually visiting presidential grave sites for the last 17 years because we went to the first one in the first year we knew each other. So. I OK. I was thinking more when we decided to really do it. And I think that was 2009, 2010. Yeah. So it's been 12-ish years since we've yeah. been working on that. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's true. The first the first grave we ever went to, was that 2004? Mm-hmm. We went to Washington? It was the first vacation we ever took together. It was in Washington and it was 2004. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, we saw Kennedy and Taft. Mm-hmm. And... Then I, it was a couple of years. I think the third one we went to was Lincoln, right? So yeah. I was I was living in Chicago at that point. Yeah. So now we're in 2008 or nine when we did that. Yep. And then we didn't really hook into this plan until I think when we went and saw Hoover, right? Yeah. Because we randomly ran across Hoover's museum on the way to, to go to Truman. I think that was at least 2010 because we would have been going to visit my sister and both of her kids were born by then. And Vaughn was born in 2010. So that was probably 2010 or 2011. Okay. So, I mean, 10 years, give yeah. or take. Yeah. As we sit here now into uh, 2021. So anyway, this has been this project we've worked on intermittently over the years. I think we've seen the graves of all the assassinated presidents. We're, we're only missing a few presidents at this point. Yeah. But we've seen all the assassinated presidents graves, which usually are much more elaborate than regular presidents graves. Yeah. But I, I think in this episode, we can actually talk about not just the Clinton assassinations, but all of the other attempted assassinations, because a lot of people know John Wilkes Booth and Lee Harvey Oswald, but fewer people are familiar with. I would say Charles Gateau and Leon Jolgosh, yeah. the other successful assassins, and then all of the other random assassins. Or my very favorite attempted assassination, if you can have such a thing, John Fleming Shrank. John John Fleming Shrank? Fleming Shrank. Ooh. Not Fleming, Fleming. Yeah. Fleming. Two M's, two A's. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. We will get into it. There's a couple, there's a couple I'd like to talk about in connection to this, but to kick it all off. And really. It's almost a shame that I, that we're doing these in chronological order in 94 because the first guy who tried who tried sort of to kill Bill Clinton, we have easily the most stuff to talk about. Oh, is, yeah, easily. Yeah, a guy named Ronald Gene Barber. What he did Ooh. is in 1994, he like basically came up with a plan to shoot Clinton and he went to like the National Mall with a gun and just like walked around and hoped he would see him see Clinton jogging because Clinton used to go jogging a lot. He and did. Like, so that was the and I don't know if after this that stopped, but I even remember like his early presidency was Clinton jogging a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's Saturday Night Live sketches about it. But the thing is, when he was there, Clinton in Russia, not even around, not like, even in town. No, not even in town. And he found out Clinton was in Russia. And he was like, all right, I'll go home. But when he went home, he like told everyone that was like, oh, I, I was going to do this. But he had this whole other plan that he was going to go back. And then he was going to like drive to the hospital that he was born at, which was in the area, I guess, and kill himself at the hospital where he was born, which is a nice like, you know, come full circle, I guess, if you're going to 
kill the president, then you got to have a plan afterwards. You don't want to pull a John Wilkes Booth where you break your leg, try and go on the lamb. It doesn't go well. Like, and then you get found. Like, you want to have control of the situation, I guess. Lee Harvey Oswald went to the movies afterwards, which is as good an option, especially yeah. like in my current state with the quarantine and the fact that all I want to do is go to the movies. I get that, but yeah. not a great escape plan. No, not a great plan. Which um, maybe, you know, maybe Lee Harvey Oswald didn't do it. <laughs> Okay, we're not going to get into conspiracy theories on the podcast. Lee Harvey Oswald was a patsy. Oh, my God. Okay, back to Clinton. So this guy, uh, Ron Barber, told everyone he knew that he was going to do this and this was his plan. So one of his neighbors was like, you know what, I'm just going to record this. I'm going to give it to the FBI. And so he had like checked into a mental hospital while they were investigating him. And they were like, should he go and go into like a mental hospital? No, no, no. We're going to send him to jail. This was not great. And so he went to jail for like five years and then he got out. And from what I can tell, he just posts Trump memes on Facebook. Like he is on Facebook now. Right wing election was stolen he posted a bunch of videos from the insurrection and just captioned them FYI. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. He still calls Hillary Hildebeest. He was not a fan of Democrats then. He's not a fan of Democrats now. Yeah. Not a fan of Joe Biden. Not a not a like super stable guy. I'm still a little worried about him, honestly. Like, oh boy. I don't have a lot of experience dealing with super right-wing Facebook. This isn't something I really get into. I, I don't really look at Facebook that much anymore, but I really don't have friends who are that extreme. But his Facebook is pretty wild. And I mean, it, you know, there's a lot of uh, Adolf Biden in there. There was that whole thing around uh, the beginning of January where he, and it's not just him, but he also has a lot of these type of friends. So they also post just wild, you know, saying like, you know, he's posting videos of people condemning the the attack, like the Fox News heads and people under that just being like, nope, this they should be expecting all this and be like, oh, my God, like it's it's, it's pretty horrifying. extreme. Um, a lot of stuff from not just Fox News, but like One American News Network and Newsmax and those kinds of things. Yeah. Like real right wing stuff. And like if I had just seen his page, I would have said, oh, that's probably a Russian troll. Like that's not a real account. Yeah. Like who is that obsessed? And every once in a while he'll post like, oh, I'm on vacation. I'm going to fishing. But like 98% of his posts are about how the Democrats are ruining America and yeah. Trump is the, our rightful president. And just it's so freaking crazy. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I, I would like to point out he posted on February 16th. So this is Biden's been president for what at that point? Three weeks. Uh, yeah. Impeach 46. Get him out of there. There's a lot of stability going on on the extreme far right. But I do think it's wonderful that this guy is on Facebook and his Facebook is open. This guy tried to, well, he had a plan to kill the president a mere 20 some years ago. And he is just on Facebook posting just wild, insane right wing shit. And yet somehow, I guess, I guess that's okay. I don't understand. When I first saw this, I would have thought if I had saw this on a news story that this person is at least off of Facebook or, you know, maybe hopefully under surveillance. But yeah. his, his, his account's just open. So open. you're living your life, champ. Good job. Go Spreading the good word, Patriot. Listeners, take a gander at Ronald Barber's Facebook page. You can tell it's him because his profile picture is a bunch of flags with like deplorables underneath it. So Yeah. I found his Facebook page. I was, I was Googling something uh, related to him. And in the image search, there was a link to a Facebook. Somebody had posted a picture of him as, I don't know, when he was younger. 
and it's just saying about him trying to kill Clinton. And then Ronald Barber comments on that picture <laughs> to be like, yep, that's me. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, like this guy. And then I, from that, I got to his, his uh, Facebook page. It's wonderful. I was scrolling through today. There are four and a half hours of him doing Facebook live at one in the morning. If you want to know what he really thinks. And it's about the 1994 Ronald Barber witch hunt. Mm. Like I'm using air quotes, right? Like, but that is the caption of his video. So he's got a lot to say, guys, and we should check it out. I'm sure that he clears up what I'm sure was a witch hunt in 94 about his plan to kill the president that he told a bunch of people. And now he's like, I didn't tell anybody. I, I, I kind of want to watch these videos because I do like unhinged nonsense videos. But I don't know that I can watch four hours of that. That's probably too much. That's a lot. So that was the first time someone, quote unquote, tried to kill Clinton in 1994. That happened in January. In September, a guy named Frank Corder stole a helicopter drunk and crashed it on the South Lawn of the White House at like two in the morning. And it is framed as an assassination attempt. But Joe and I had a debate earlier today because I actually think this guy just wanted to like get on the news. But you see, my problem with that is I don't think there's too many people who are willing to throw their lives away, even drunk, just to make the news because you can't enjoy it. You know, you can't come out of that and do anything yeah. with that. You can't you tell clarify. people, did you see what I did? He's you dead. He died. Yeah. No, Frank Corder did not survive this. But there isn't a lot of literature backing up the idea that this was a planned assassination attempt. Yeah. Uh, besides the fact that, yet again, Clinton wasn't in the White House at the time. Uh, he was across the street at Blair House. Frank Corder, you know, did managed to steal a, a helicopter steal a, a helicopter yeah like, like stealing a flying apparatus of any sort is not an easy thing to do no. uh, even for ex-army frank quarter yeah the, the weird thing is i don't know how far away he was because they listed as he stole the vehicle the night on the 11th and crashes it at two in the morning on the 12th so does he just fly around for a couple hours I mean, and then <laughs> drunk and then decides like or is he drinking while he's flying uh dwf <laughs> no, what would it be? F-U-I. F-U-I doesn't sound good. <laughs> That's what it would be. Yeah. And lying under the influence. Yeah. And then he uh, he crashes onto the South Lawn of the White House. Also, even in the middle of the night, I don't think it's that easy to fly over the White House, right? Well, that's the thing. They said that the White House had service-to-air missiles but didn't deploy it, but he was in restricted airspace. Like, bro, stole a helicopter, flew into restricted airspace, crashed on the lawn of the white house they think he intended to crash into the white house yeah. but but was drunk and couldn't do it and so he crashed on the south lawn but like it feels like there are a lot of breakdowns there that happened <laughs> and like luckily again clinton wasn't there but if you're bill clinton you have to be like shit <laughs> what is going on like yeah. now the second time this year that someone has like narrowly avoided killing me near miss yeah yeah. And I mean, you've got to figure, even though the White House is a big building, the residence isn't underground. Like, it's not in a bunker. So if he was there, that's legitimate peril, right? There's, there's totally. a real chance that he could have died in this in this circumstance. Yeah. If you're a crashing, you know, flying vehicle causing this. What I do want to then point out is Frank Corder, even drunk out of his mind or whatever, actually succeeds where another assassination attempt had failed. Because Sam Bick famously tried to crash a plane into the White House. He wasn't drunk and he didn't get the plane off the ground. But like that was the actual plan. Back in 74, he tried to hijack a plane and kill Nixon. 
And he knew Nixon was at the White House at the time. And this became sort of a famous story, even among the kind of more obscure presidential assassinations, just because, I mean, Sam Bick was crazy. He he sent these recordings to celebrities. Uh, I want to say he like sent tapes to Leonard Bernstein and like told him he was going to do this. And then there's a movie called The Assassination of Richard Nixon that does kind of structure it based on these recordings, which I guess they still have. But Sam Bick was not successful. He hijacked the plane. He killed the pilot. And I think he shot a guard or somebody else. But they shoot Sam Bick uh, before he manages to somehow fly this plane. And then Sam Bick shoots himself. So that solves that. But Frank Quarter succeeding where Sam Bick failed. So if you're Clinton, you've got two attempts that are like eh, a little sketchy, like, okay, maybe. But then <laughs> the end of October rolls around and a man named Francisco Duran just rolls up to Pennsylvania Avenue, takes his gun out and fires, what, 29 shots into the White House from the North Lawn fence. And Clinton was there that time, which is yeah. uh, the, the new, I think I read he was watching a football game. Yeah, he's in the residence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so no, this was, he took, he took a lot of shots. He had like a semi-automatic and then I think they tackle him. There's a lot of instances over the years of people kind of taking shots at the White House. That That's something that weirdly has actually come up over the years. There was a guy who took shots at the White House when Obama was president. Yeah. Um, so like these things do tend to come up because it's just, I guess, the easiest half-assed way to try to shoot the president. Do yeah. you remember there was a guy who jumped the fence and ran into the White House? Who was president then? Was that Obama? I thought that was Trump. That was, no, it couldn't have been Trump. I don't, I don't remember. Know. I just remember that story, but like they never even yeah. said that person was tr what he was trying to do. But I just remember they jumped the fence and ran into the White House and got yeah. in like, yeah, and didn't get killed, which is kind of amazing. Yeah, uh, that wasn't in any of the research I did. So I don't think they consider that an assassination attempt. Yeah. So this guy who tried to shoot guns in the White House, like he, I think, was, if I remember correctly, was tackled not by the Secret Service or by anyone, but like just by bros who were nearby and yeah. were like hey this guy's shooting a gun at the white house we should probably like try and stop that yeah so they did like they like tackled him and then the secret service or whatever like came and addressed the situation yeah. but he got 29 shots off like that's not a small number of shots no that's a significant uh, a significant attempt and yeah. he is still in jail to this day still in jail 2029 yeah. he'll be eligible for parole yeah there are weirdly a number of presidential attempted assassins who have since gotten out of jail. It's not a great big group, but people who actually had serious attempts at it. Uh, John Hinckley isn't in jail anymore uh, after serving a long time, what, 40 years almost? That's kind of amazing because he like really endangered Reagan's life. They have tried to say that he's reformed. Like they, you know, I mean, he was really unhinged with yeah. the whole Jodie Foster thing and... Yeah. Um, and that. But like, you know, he's legitimately, can they, they consider him a murderer for James Brady eventually dying. Yeah. Um, even though Brady didn't die for 30 years, but he died essentially because of his injuries. Yep. But he's out. And then Squeaky Fromm and Sarah Jane Moore are both out, who both took, well, they both tried to shoot Ford. Sarah Jane Moore actually took a shot at Ford and missed, and Squeaky Fromm's gun um, didn't go off. But that's, I mean, those three are legitimately out. They're on the street right now, which you seem like you tried to kill the president and you're just out. I mean, Ronald Gene Barber's out, but I mean, let's face it, that guy doesn't count. So... With his half-assed crazy plan and now his just, you know, his grandstanding about Adolf Biden. Ugh. Uh, gross. Ronald, Ronald Barber can suck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I don't, mean, you know, I don't even know if we should go down this road because Ronald Barber is clearly paying attention, right? <laughs> like yeah. somebody randomly posts a picture of him from like 
from Nam, and he like comments on it. You know, so he's he's got his ear to the ground. He could he could search this. I don't know. I don't know how you find stuff yeah. in podcast. So guys, please don't tag him. If you know Ronald Barber, don't tell him. Don't tell him. I don't need that in my life. That guy's apparently a kind of a nutcase. <laughs> and if you're listening, Ron, we love Trump. Well, I mean, let's not take this too far. Oh, Ron, okay. if you're listening, just take it easy. <laughs> Relax. Go sit down. It's okay. You're not gonna you're not gonna accomplish anything. It's Go over. Get a bath, get a bath bomb. <laughs> Um, okay, so coming back to Clinton, that was not the last assassination attempt of Clinton in 1984. We've covered three. Yeah. There was a fourth. I mean, yeah. this one's, for me, a little bit of a stretch. There was a guy uh, running around on Pennsylvania Avenue with a knife who right. was taken down by the the police. And Clinton was there. He was, like, in Lafayette Park, which we all know because it's right by the White House. And, you know. A lot of homeless people live in Lafayette Park. Yeah. And yeah. this guy was homeless. Yes. Yeah. I'm actually not 100% sure why he's on this list because how is that an assassination attempt? Well, Marcelino Corniel is the guy's name. He had a history of violence. So he's a homeless guy. So that's already like he had some some tragedies had befallen him in some general way. A lot of it seems to be his fault. He was, I think, a gang member in LA. Uh, he He did time for attempted murder. He had some various things going on. And then he ultimately ends up homeless and in Washington. He's not really a, an assassination attempt. Like Clinton's in the Oval Office at the time. So he's in a very visible part of the White House. But odds are this guy wasn't going to somehow jump the fences, past the guards, get into the Oval Office and kill him. That seems unlikely. Yeah. It's just that there was all of this stuff that seemed to happen in a very short period of time at the White House. Like there's not that many presidential assassination attempts at the White House, which is weird because this is where the president is. But most of the time, it's when he's out because he's more visible, he's easier to interact with yeah. and things like that. But all of this happens in D.C. Yeah. And so that's why he even gets lumped in with this. But yeah, no, he had no sort of success. He, I, I believe, just runs across the street and approaches the guard station or whatever with a knife and they shot him. That was basically it. And then they did get some criticism for this because, you know, he was kind of a wild homeless guy. Yeah. Uh, he, he didn't have a formulated plan. And what, what are they called? The park police? The park police killed him. So I did see some quotes about it that he was like, apparently he was like, a, he was a big guy. And, and I think maybe that played into it a little bit. They said yeah. he was, you know, they, that they chased him a little bit. Yeah. It's, it seems kind of conflicting what happened there, whether that was legitimate, but I mean, yeah. you can't be waving a knife outside of the white house. That's not gonna, that's not gonna end well. Again, we are putting ourselves in Clinton's shoes. Like if you're Bill Clinton, that is a fourth violent incident right outside your house. Yeah. In a year. I mean, and there's no other year of the Clinton presidency where there's a bunch of assassination attempts. Like there were other random things that happened, but nothing in D.C., nothing that was real viable. There's a lot of like there's a lot of attempted bombings and stuff overseas that get lumped in with assassination attempts. And they're all kind of failures. So they're not an American president's never been killed outside of America. So that's just you know, it's yeah. mostly just on trips, people trying to bomb bridges and stuff like that. Although I would say who came the closest? George W. Bush. Yeah. Uh, the one one that they don't talk about a lot. What you always hear with George W. Bush is the guy with the shoes who yeah, clearly yeah. is not trying to kill him. There was no you're not going to he would have to have gotten very lucky with his whatever his size tens to catch George right between the eyes and drop him. That seems unlikely. But there is a guy named uh, Vladimir Eret Union who did come really close to killing Bush in 2005, 
Bush is giving a speech and he throws a grenade with the pin pulled at Bush. And the only thing that saved him was that the grenade was wrapped in a handkerchief and actually held the, the held the, I don't know how, the, how do you talk about grenades? <laughs> no, I think it's right. It held it together. So it didn't explode. Right. However I don't, that works. I don't understand the ins and outs of grenades, but like you pull that yeah. pin and then the, the little lever kind of pops out. But with this yeah. handkerchief, it was holding the lever in so that the grenade didn't blow up. But otherwise, no, Bush Bush would probably probably yeah. be a goner. In the uh, in Georgia, not the state, but like in country. the country, Georgia. Yeah. yeah. So that was uh, a narrow miss overseas. Yeah. And and probably the only real significant one. There was a narrow there. miss that happened in America that I do want to talk about. Oh, there's I mean, there's other stuff I would like to get to. I there because yeah. there I think there are things that I really enjoy about assassination attempts, like really half-assed ones and just you know, not the like sad one, ones that were real successful, even though they have their own interesting stories. But yeah, what's your favorite assassination attempt story? Kicks is just a simple cereal with crunchy little puffs of corn. And Kicks is low in sugar. That's a pretty big thing. Hmm, they're really little. But they're really good. Yeah, I'll get the milk. Kicks. Kid tested. Ah! Mother approved. What's your favorite assassination attempt story? By far my favorite assassination attempt story. And you have to help me on the details on this to make sure I get it right. Uh, we're talking about 1912. Yeah, yeah this happened uh, October 14th, 1912. Teddy uh, Roosevelt's not president anymore. Was right. this in between? Like, was this when he was running again? Yeah. So he was running again in the the Bonus Party. He is giving a speech in wasn't it Milwaukee? Yeah. Yeah, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and John Flaming Shrank, who we mentioned earlier in this episode, just rolls up and shoots him straight up in the chest in the chest the bullet goes into teddy's chest muscle like teddy's wearing what it's like a locket or there's something that i want to say it was like a cigarette case or uh there's some metal case and his speech yeah we're both like over his speech was like this long speech i guess and it was folded so it had this big he had a lot in front there all that stuff was protecting him it goes into a chest muscle it's something that stays in with him for the rest of his life because then they couldn't remove it. He had that bullet in his body the rest of his life. But Teddy finishes the stupid speech. Like, he does not stop. I mean, I'm sure he stopped for a hot minute to, like, yeah. recover from getting shot. But he finishes the speech. And that is, like, the most badass thing that has ever happened, ever, in all of America, all of human history. It is the most badass thing anyone has ever done. You'd be hard-pressed to find another incident of, of sheer badassery that equals this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's literally bleeding for the next like 80 minutes while he gives this crazy long speech. And yeah, it was really just he was saved by all of the the speech. And like, I think it was some sort of metal case that slowed the bullet down. But the bullet does get into his body and just narrowly misses killing him. And his quote at the time was something along the lines of like, I just want everybody to realize that like I've just been shot, but they can't like kill the bull moose party. Even though he does not win the 1912 no, election. No, he yeah. still loses. That's the most amazing part. Like, he amazing. still loses the election. 
It's a wonderful story. I never knew John Flaming Shrank's name. I only knew the incident. Yeah. I don't know his uh, impetus for doing this. The only thing that came was that he was convicted. He was deemed insane, obviously. But his one quote that came out of this was, uh, Shrank claimed that William McKinley came to him in a dream and told him to kill Teddy Roosevelt as vengeance for McKinley getting shot. I don't know. I'm not sure what McKinley would have had against Roosevelt as far as his death was concerned. Yeah. I don't think Roosevelt had anything to do with that. Right. McKinley's assassination, of course, taking place at the Temple of Music, the Great Pan-American Exposition in Buffalo, 1901. Joe and I talked before this episode about how many times you would sing songs from the musical Assassins. I am a big Assassins fan going back a ways. Stephen Sondheim's masterpiece. And there are parts of that that musical that we sing a lot just because we, we do a lot of presidential stuff. I mean, the other thing I would add about this is Presidents who have been assassinated have fantastic gravesites like Garfield, McKinley, both amazing. If I recommend you visit if you have the opportunity. James Garfield's grave is in Cleveland and he was only president for what, a year? He's not president. He's not a significant president in the grand scheme of things. He just wasn't president that long. Mm -hmm. But his grave is magnificent. It's this huge domed edifice of him like yeah and you can go into it like it's not just a grave it's like mausoleum essentially just for him which a lot again a lot of presidential graves are elaborate graves yeah Uh, more modern presidents tend to have a museum or a library connected to it and they're buried usually there but garfield's is this great big thing mckinley who was president for four years so he at least has a term yeah but mckinley's he's in buried in canton ohio yeah it's unbelievable how big that thing is yeah that's the the biggest presidential grave i think there is right that's just a grave is there anything you can think of that was bigger than mckinley's grave i mean mckinley doesn't have much of him his museum's odd he's got like a napoleon style the layers of concrete like grave around what is the casket almost like a grant's tomb type thing but like for him and his wife and their stairs up to it and it's it's huge and there's this huge like mall that leads up to it it's really enormous yeah no i I can't I can't really think of anything bigger right now. Maybe Grant's, I mean, Grant's tomb, the building itself is pretty big. And that could, that could be as big as the building McKinley's in, but the whole park for McKinley connected to that is so big. Yeah. The thing with Grant is is he's just kind of in a park in a neighborhood, which is is beautiful and very cool. But like McKinley, this is his park. Like it is his thing though. Like you go into it knowing that that's what you're there for. And it's just this like big thing all dedicated to, it's really it's really beautiful, actually. Yeah. I really, yeah. The only other thing I can think of that's comparable is Lincoln, because Lincoln's is so big. Yeah. But Lincoln is buried in a cemetery. Like, that's not, it's not a separate thing. McKinley isn't in a cemetery. That's just McKinley. Yeah. Where Garfield is in that big Cleveland cemetery. He's in a cemetery, yeah. Yeah. But Lincoln, Lincoln has a pretty big, significant situation going on there. His museum is in yeah. Springfield, but the grave is out at the, isn't yeah. in town. I mean, his museum is a lot bigger. I would say McKinley's grave, his like actual grave and where the, like that's, I think bigger and more grandiose than Lincoln, I would say. Cause Lincoln's yeah. kind of like to get to his actual grave, which is covered in layers of marble. Yeah. Like it's not like a casket. It's covered in layers of marble. You have to kind of like go, it's like at the bottom of the, of the building or the structure. Right. So it, where as McKinley, you like go up the stairs and it's this big, like their graves are the display. I don't know. It's like elevated in a way that, that is just different. Like, I, I think, think, I think it is a psychological thing almost with McKinley because you do go up, up yeah. into this structure to get to the grave where 
Lincoln has the great big building on top of it and it's yes. in the bottom essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I don't know. I, on top of my head, I'm not sure which one's actually bigger because it does feel like McKinley is is up it on does. a hill and it's big. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's almost like a Kennedy thing where like, I mean, Kennedy only has the, the grave and the flame and all that. He doesn't have the big structure, but like you go up and, and you're like, rising to where his grave is like it's just it's it it's that same kind of feel yeah you have to climb up to get to it yeah yeah, yeah. but no yeah you're right the the assassinated presidents do have just magnificent graves amazing there's a couple other assassination attempts that i just wanted to throw in my favorite presidential assassination attempt i mean yeah what i really enjoy is the first ever documented presidential assassination attempt which took place on january 30th 1835 and that's right. That just walking nightmare, Andrew Jackson. Somebody wanted to kill. Can you believe it? What a surprise. One of the worst human beings to ever be president. And somebody was like, this guy has got to go. And so a guy by the name of Richard Lawrence, born in England, comes to America. And uh, right outside the Capitol, he sees Andrew Jackson coming by. And the story goes that he had been you know, ev- evidencing some mild insanity. He, uh, you know, mumbling about how much he hated Jackson and this and that. And then just one day he's like, he knows Jackson's going to be at the Capitol because there was a funeral uh, or something that he was coming out of. And Lawrence is just like, yep, going to do it. So he, he gets two guns. He goes up there and he tries to shoot Jackson with both guns and they both misfire. <laughs> like he goes right up to him. And I think he Fail. tries to get him in the back with one and in the front with the other. And there, I guess it was like a little, there was some moisture that day and whatever these type of shitty 1835 guns he had was don't fire Jackson. Who's now a fairly old man just beats the hell out of him with his cane, just <laughs> wails on him right there in the street. And it just, oh, just, I think that's just wonderful. But <laughs> Richard Lawrence was acquitted. I'm guessing because I don't know. People hate Andrew Jackson. I don't know. He was acquitted, but he was acquitted because he was insane and he was institutionalized for the rest of his life. But I just love the image of old man Andrew Jackson, you know, responsible for just murdering all the Native Americans, just wailing on this guy with his cane. Just wonderful. A, Wait, a guy who I believe is legitimately 25 years younger than him. Do you, do you know when Andrew Jackson died? Like, how close was he to the end of his life when this happened? I mean, he was still president. I, I don't think he lived much past him leaving office. I think he leaves office in 1838. Is that right? 1840. And maybe he lives another five years. Yeah. He died in 1845. He left office in 1837. Oh, 1837. It was two years after this, but he died in 1845. So it wasn't that long. So he's a pretty old man. And he was, he, I mean, he'd been around, he was a general, like he, he, he had gone through some stuff. So he's ailing and he still just, just took the hickory to, to Richard Lawrence tan in that hide. <laughs> so I just love, I love that story. Even though again, Andrew Jackson is the American Hitler. Oh, I just like to get on record. He's the worst. Yeah. So uh, look, we don't want to be too, too political. Uh, but anybody who wants to rank the worst presidents of all time, if they're not including Andrew Jackson, very near the high, that part of that list, you can five. disregard their opinions for sure. In the top five, he's yeah. at, at least in the top five. He might be in the top three. I would say he's in the top three. Yeah. yeah. And again, I don't want to get into the politics of this, but I would put him third. I agree. Maybe, maybe second. He, it's close. It's close. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. The Pennsylvania one. Buchanan. Oh, Buchanan. Yeah. I mean, Buchanan, bottom four presidents. Number one worst. I mean, he's, I've always contended he's the worst, but yeah, I always forget one. about Andrew Jackson, it seems. And then like, whenever I was like, I start working backwards and you're like, oh, James Buchanan. Oh, wait a minute. Andrew Jackson. That's yeah. some rough 1800s presidents. Otherwise, I mean, there were like random people who 
who took a chance and tried to kill the president and failed that, you know, maybe you're worth mentioning. I do think the guy who took some shots at the White House when Obama was there, when Obama was president, Obama wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, he did send Oprah a video, I believe, that he, where he claimed to be Jesus. Ooh. So we don't know that Jesus didn't try to kill Barack Obama. I think we can be pretty sure that Jesus didn't try to kill Barack Obama. I would say there are some right-wing news sites you could find that would disagree. I think Oscar Ramiro Ortego Hernandez might have been Jesus. You don't know. And he got 25 years. He's still in jail. Jesus is currently residing in jail somewhere here in the Americas. And he did that on 11-11-11. Yeah. How about that? We almost got married on 11-11-11. And yet Oscar Ramiro Ortego Hernandez really tried to get in the record books instead. (laughs) Too many other people had our idea. Yeah. We realized a little too late that this was something to do. It was just a general idea. And then we looked it up and we're like, oh, we can't do that. Oh, (laughs) everything. We did not. Noted. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's one. Most of the ones that everybody knows are are the famous ones. I, that's that's an obvious statement, but it's true. <laughs> I should cut that out. Most of the ones everyone knows are the famous ones. Did you just really say like everyone knows the ones that everyone knows? The ones that everyone knows are the ones people know. We're trying to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're always saying that we're not informative enough. So here's a story. Just a quick story. I, I had no idea. I never heard this story before. Uh, in November of 1950, Harry Truman is president. You remember Harry Truman? I he, do. They, he's he like, won World War II. I like him a lot. I always liked Harry Truman. Yeah. yeah. He just because he, you know, he didn't campaign to be president. He just kind of got railroaded in there. And yeah. maybe he was a little corrupt. Like it seemed like the whole Missouri, you know, the Pendergast thing, that was all, yeah. you know, it's a bit of a machine. So it's not he's great. Not perfect. But Truman himself seemed like a decent guy. Yeah. But these two Puerto Rican nationals who were very much about Puerto Rican independence, they decided that to bring attention to their cause, they should try to kill the president because 1950, I don't know, why not? I guess that's a way to do it. Even though Harry Truman was on record agreeing with this stance that Puerto Rico should have independence, Yeah. right? The trick to this story was that the White House was under renovations. So Truman lived in the Blair House across the street for like four years and during his presidency, 48 to 52. These two guys knew this, uh, Oscar Colazzo and Griselio Torresola. They knew that this was the case. So they go to Blair House, guns blazing, to try to kill Truman. They shot an officer uh, and killed him. And like they were, they made some headway in this attempt. The officer that they shot and killed did also shoot and kill one of them. It was a very, he's on, he's dying and he does heroic shoots one of these guys. And then other people exchange gunfire and they, that's the end of this story. I never remember hearing this story. How Truman came to like... Yeah. The if end. They had gotten past the first level of security. I don't know how much more security was in that house. Yeah. That's crazy. I just think that's wild. Like yeah. Blair House is across Pennsylvania Avenue, I think. It's right It's right there. Yeah. It's yeah. where they, you know... Very I, close, yeah. Visiting dignitaries day. So, but I'm trying we, to bring information to the to the show. Yes. We, and, and not information, we took pictures of Blair House, I think, when we went on our tour. Did we? Is that right? Yeah, remember? Do you remember being outside and taking pictures of that big house? I remember there being like the houses there. Yeah, yeah. but I don't. I don't distinctly remember. I'm that. Sure it was at night, right? Maybe. So Joe and I did a we did a tour of the Washington monuments while at night when we were in Washington uh, a couple years ago, and it was very nice. We put a little Jack Daniels in our Diet Cokes, and we went on our tour, and it was a little fun. bus tour. Yeah. Yeah. Nice time. I do remember I, there were parts of that, that I thought were really cool, like coming up to the Capitol. That's what I thought were all of the the wild insurrection stuff. 
Yeah. And you think of how far it is to get from the street to the Capitol. It was a good distance, but like it was really because our bus pulled up and we had, what was it? Like they gave us like 15 minutes. Yeah. And we, so we, I think we started walking to get to the Capitol and we got nowhere. Like we were oh, nowhere near it. And by the time we had to turn around and go back. Yeah. And what I didn't realize at the time was that uh, the Capitol was where Richard Lawrence got his ass handed to him by old man, Andrew Jackson. Didn't realize that was the Capitol. No, there should be a plaque there. Or there, there should. I hope, I hope there is. I hope there's like a little square on the, like, this is where Richard Lawrence, you know, met the, the raw end of Andrew Jackson's cane. I think there was a plaque in Milwaukee where, where that guy shot Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's true. I don't think we've seen it, but like, we should go see it. I don't think we've seen it. We've only been to Milwaukee a handful of times. Yeah. But never to look for that. I don't think we've seen the Fonzie statue. Is that true? I think that's right. Yeah. We've only been to the brewery and the baseball game. Yeah. Once we, we get out, a cool of this, bookstore. out of this pandemic, right up to Milwaukee. So there's a couple things. We got to go to the, was it the Alcatraz East Crime Museum? Yep. In Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And yep. we got to go up and see the Fonzie statue and where Teddy Roosevelt got shot. Yeah. Yeah. Put some stuff on the list. Things to look forward to after the, after the pandemic, after the, the full vaccination hits. You can cut this if you want to, but the best thing about the end of the pandemic theoretically coming is that today I booked a nail appointment for when I am officially fully vaccinated. I cannot wait. It is more than four weeks from now and I cannot wait. I guess I'm excited for you. Uh, you know, there are just things that you yeah. haven't had in the last year and a half. We're all trying to find our little little slices of joy. Oh, I just want to go to the movies. Like we haven't been to a movie with a crowd uh, in any significant way in 13 months. Yeah. We went to the drive-in twice. Like we haven't, I just want to go to the movies. Yeah. We're oh, so close. God. Well, are there any other presidential assassination facts? We've got other people, but again, you tell me that I come up with too much stuff and I don't know how interesting Richard Paul Pavlik is. The only assassination attempt that we didn't talk about that I wish we had was William Henry Harrison. You may or may not know that he was assassinated by the cold. Oh, my God. Weather. So you're saying Big Weather took out a contract on WHH? It did. Tippy yeah. Canoe. They did not agree with his politics. His grave. So we, we've talked about like assassinated president's graves being amazing. His grave is the least impressive presidential grave I've ever seen. I'd say the neighborhood built up around it badly. Yes. <laughs> it was like sad, like houses and then a crumbling like obelisk and, and a, a rusted chain across where you could look in and see all of the like it's like a little tomb sort of it's like, like a, a little, little mausoleum yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and they were like they were like slots where the caskets would go and yeah. one had like a, a wreath that was clearly red white and blue but all the flowers were dying and i yeah. think that was him yeah it's sad i i don't want to demean the people who live in north bend ohio outside of cincinnati but do you even realize william henry harrison's grave is there like it's such a it's in such an odd place yeah and it's really like across the street from like just houses that like what was the zoning like in this neighborhood how did this happen I think it's actually in a park. Like the you drive like up a little bit and there's like three of those wooden boards that like yeah. explain who William and then you walk down these stairs and he's there, but it's like a park on one side of the street and then like just houses on the other side. Yeah. But it's also like next to I want to say like a highway or like a fairly main road yeah. and then a river. Like it's it's I could see where 150 years ago it probably looked nice. Where it was like near, it's near water and it's like a little park. But then they just built like a weird neighborhood around it where it looks like 
I don't know. It, it looks like North Scranton. I don't know how to describe it. Like it really is it just does. like, you know, a regular Ohio neighborhood that has this giant monument that they are not keeping up at all. In the, no. And it's a shame. I mean, I know he was only president for a month, but come on. Like it was enough to build this giant thing. Yeah. Well, I guess we don't have to talk about John Wilkes Booth. Heard of him. <laughs> I think that it's amazing that there were this many attempted assassinations of Slick Willie Bill Bubba Clinton, and Four. yet nobody talks about it. Four attempts, zero conversations. At least, I mean, at least three of those are legitimate. Two are definitely yes. att- attempts. Yeah. But we, we disagree on the third one, and the fourth one obviously is nothing. Yes. Okay, well, let's engage with the audience. Audience, tell us your favorite presidential assassination attempt. Write to us at ithappenedoneyear at gmail.com. I think that's the address. Yeah, or on Instagram or on Facebook. We're not on Facebook. Oh, not on Facebook. Don't contact us. Because you know who the type of people who are on Facebook? Ronald Barber. Don't tell Ronald Barber we said this. Don't tell him about this. (laughs) Don't talk about Ronald Barber. Yeah. Tell us what is your favorite fa- uh, assassination attempt and why. Sure. Uh, Interact with us. I'm yeah. sure we'll we'll respond. T- t- tweets us. The Twitter, I believe we are, it happened one year with the number one. Uh, also, uh, a couple other questions. Was Oscar Ramiro Ortega Hernandez Jesus? Is Jesus currently incarcerated for trying to kill Obama? It's a good question. Also, Lee Harvey Oswald. Was he a patsy? Let's talk about it. No, please do not contact us about that. <laughs> John Flaming Shrank, he did his best, yes or no? All-time favorite assassin, failed assassin, John Flaming Shrank. But if you could go and witness one presidential assassination, if you had a time machine, it's clearly Richard Lawrence, right? You want to see Andrew Jackson just wailing on Richard Lawrence. Or are you rooting Richard Lawrence on? I don't know. I don't know. Andrew Jackson was the worst. Uh, We're looking forward to the next episode where we talk about something from 1994. Stay tuned. Tune in next week when you hear Sarah say 1994. That's great. Uh, All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. See ya. This has been It Happened One Year. Please take a minute to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever they allow ratings. Please follow us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us on all relevant social media. Thanks.